0: Today we meet in Jeremiah chapter 3. The theme of Jeremiah chapter 3 is Josiah begins reforms in the nations. In Jeremiah's first message, which began in chapter 2, God condemned Judah on two scores. Firstly, they have rejected Jehovah and they have reared their own gods. The first five verses of chapter 3 will continue on the same theme. The message is found In chapters 2 through 6 were given during the first five years of Jeremiah's ministry before the book of the law was found. During this time, however, Josiah, a young man like Jeremiah, was seeking the Lord and instituting certain reforms in the nation. Primarily, he was trying to clean up the idolatry in Judah. The nation had forsaken the living God and had gone over into idolatry. You can see that the combined efforts of this young king and the young prophet Jeremiah had a tremendous effect upon the nation. Judah had gone over to idolatry because it was the easy way and the popular way, but it was a pathway that led to the lowering of their standards and brought them down to a more lower moral level. They say, If a man divorces his wife, and she goes from him and becomes another man's, may he return to her again. Would not that land be greatly polluted? But you have played the harlot with many lovers, yet return to me, says the Lord. Jeremiah 3 verse 1. Here the Lord is directing Judah's attention actually to what he talked about in Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 1 to verse 4. To say when there is a divorce and the divorced woman has been married to another man, the first man cannot come again and say let us remarry after that, the second divorce or after the death of the second husband. The same law is applied to Judah, the espoused wife of the Lord. Judah deserted her husband according to chapter 2 verse 32 and took other lovers. The very thought of her returning is inconceivable and yet the Lord continues to plead with his people. What is he saying? Return. Yet return to me, says the Lord. You see, the symbol of marital infidelity was representative of Israel's spiritual unfaithfulness. It is also found in the prophecies of Hosea: Lift up your eyes to the desolate heights and see. Where have you not lain with men? By the road you have set for them like an Arabian in the wilderness, and you have polluted the land with your hollow trees and your wickedness. Jeremiah 3 verse 2. You see, my friend, idolatry is not simply making a little idol to worship. Idolatry is anything that a man gives himself to wholeheartedly. The Bible teaches that covetousness is idolatry. Because when a man covets something, he gives his time, his energy to that thing. In, in, in other words, you become dedicated to that thing. Now, especially in these last days, we see many people who are dedicated to sin, and the energy they put into sin, my friend, is tremendous. But you see, the minute a man turns away from the living God, he will turn to something else. It will be something he has made, and it becomes a God or his idol. God said that Jeremiah's generation in Judah had gone wholeheartedly into idolatry, and as a result there was gross immorality in the entire land. When he says, lift up your eyes to the high places, you must understand how grossly immoral those high places were. A high place was a groove of trees where an idolatrous altar had been built, and all kinds of sex orgies and drunken revels were carried out there. Judah had sunk to a very low level. Therefore, the showers have been withheld, and there has been no rain. You have had a harlot's forehead. You refuse to be ashamed. Jeremiah 3 verse 3. Now here you have the interesting word, the letter rain. Those were the rains falling in March and April, were very essential to the maturing crops for the harvesting. Because of the rebellion and the sin of Judah, God withheld the rain. but Judah would not acknowledge God's hand in the days of drought. Just as a harlot covers her wicked ways with self-righteousness, Judah refused to be ashamed of her idolatries, even in the midst of God's judgment. Sin not only hardens the heart so that sinning becomes easier, but it also produces a contemptuous spirit, Within That disdains God and his right to judge We now move on to the charge of backsliding during the reign of Josiah The second message of Jeremiah is there It begins actually in verse 6 of chapter 3 And it extends all the way to chapter 6 In this message, God charges the people with backsliding The word backsliding is used seven times in this chapter, and that is more than half the number of times in the entire book. In Jeremiah, we find this word more often than in the rest of the Bible put together. Jeremiah and Hosea are the ones who use it more. Backsliding does not simply mean to slide backwards as we usually think of. No, God gives us a vivid picture of what he means by backsliding when he tells us, for Israel slided back as a backsliding haifa. Hosea chapter 4 verse 16. Now you see, backsliding means a refusal to go God's way, a refusal to listen to him. And when we do as the haifas do, we set our wills against God. We wind up going backward every time. If we rebel against the Lord and his will, we only get further and further away from the Lord. That is the picture painted here. Well, the Lord said also to me in the days of Josiah the king, Have you seen what backsliding Israel has done? She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree, and there played the harlot. Jeremiah 3 verse 6 Well, God here tells Judah to take a lesson from Israel, which had already gone into captivity. He tells them to take notice of the fact that Israel had done exactly what they are doing. Israel slided back as a backsliding hypha. But God had tried to get Israel to return to him, and they would not return. As a result, they were taken off into captivity. What happened to Israel should serve as a lesson and should be a warning to Judah. In verse 1 of this chapter, God said, Yet return again to me, says the Lord. He says, Though you have played the harlot, you belong to me. If you come back to me, I will receive you. Well, my friend, this is the reason any prodigal son or any prodigal daughter, prodigal family, prodigal church, or even a prodigal nation can always come back to God. Why? Because God says, yet again, return to me, even though you have played the harlot. Return to me. God will receive you, my friend. The prodigal son didn't get any kicks when he came home. He actually got a lot of them when he was in the far country. Now he received kisses instead. He had nearly starved in the far country, but his father prepared a banquet for him when he came home. But Israel had not returned to God. They went into idolatry, and God sent them into captivity. Now he says to Judah, Let this be a lesson to you. And I said, after she had done all these things, return to me. But she did not. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. Jeremiah 3 verse 7. Well, God is saying, I gave Israel an opportunity to turn to me. I would have taken her back, but she didn't come. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. Now the sin of Judah becomes compounded. And I think her captivity was much worse than that of the ten northern tribes, and the reason is self-evident. Judah had Israel's captivity as an example, yet Judah refused to profit from that example. Judah did not turn to God, even though they had an example. You and I have the word of God today, and therefore I believe that God will judge Our nation will judge your nation more harshly than he would judge those nations where God is not known, or where God is not talked about, or where the Bible is not read publicly. I believe God will judge us according to the opportunities that he gives us. So it came to pass through her casual halotry that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. Jeremiah 3, verse 9. This verse sounds very strange, but what God is talking about, talking of Judah, talking of Israel, committing adultery with stones and trees. They made idols out of trees and stones. In doing so, he calls that committing adultery. This verse contains the solemn warning not to treat sin lightly, you see. The people of Judah treated adultery casually and joined their sister in the practice of the fertility cult. There is also bitter irony here. Forsaking the fountain of living waters, Judah has turned to gods of stones and trees. These were instruments of the fertility cult. And yet for all this her treacherous sister Judah has not tended to me with her heart, but in pretense, says the Lord. Jeremiah 3 verse 10. You see, the revival under King Josiah was a revival indeed. There is no question about it. Many people tended to God, but it was so popular that for many it was nothing but a surface return to God. By and large, as far as the nation is concerned, it was a superficial experience of God. Now, we too must be careful not to be deceived by the large crowds in places or by the number of people who are reported to have accepted Jesus Christ. Just divide the number by two, and you will probably get the number of those who have really, genuinely become children of God. Today we see quite a great surface movement as well as that which is genuine. Then the Lord said to me, Backsliding Israel has shown herself more righteous than treacherous Judah. Jeremiah 3 verse 11 This is the evidence that says God's judgment on Judah and the captivity of Judah was more severe than that of Israel. God is making it very clear that the sin of Judah is worse than the sin of Israel. The northern tribes didn't have the same opportunity as the southern tribes. They did not have the temple, nor did they have a copy of the word of God. Therefore, the judgment of Judah was greater. I believe that the judgment on us will also be greater because we have had God's word. We have had an opportunity even to have the gospel explained to us more clearly with an understanding of the both Old and New Testament. Only acknowledge your iniquity, that you have transgressed against the Lord your God, and have scattered your charms to alien deities under every green tree, and you have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. Jeremiah 3 verse 13 Now, my friend, do you say that you are a Christian? What do you mean by that? Perhaps you say that you have trusted Christ Jesus. Trusted him for what? What? You may say that you have trusted him as your savior. Fine, I'm glad to hear that. Did he save you from sin? Remember that he died on the cross to save you from sin, not to give you a new personality or to make you a millionaire. That's not the point. He died to save us all from our sins. He was delivered for our offenses. We were all very offensive to him. The word of God through Jeremiah is acknowledge your iniquity and it is directed to us as well as to Judah. Return all backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I will take you one from a city and two from a family and I'll bring you to Zion. Jeremiah chapter three, verse 14. You see, my friend, God is so gracious. Even though they had done all these wicked things, he continues to go to them. Return to me, O backsliding children. I am married to you. Return to me. That's the grace of God. And I'll give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with the knowledge and understanding. Jeremiah 3, verse 15. You see, God is not only saying, Come, I just want to look at you while you are there, but I will even give you shepherds according to my own heart. Jeremiah here expresses compassion with the promise of new shepherds. These new shepherds will exhibit the heart of God and will feed the people of Judah with wisdom and understanding. My friend, if you have a Bible teaching pastor, You ought to protect that person because that person is valuable. Such men are very few today, very few to come by. Then it shall come to pass. When you are multiplied and increased in the land in those days, says the Lord, that they will say no more. The ark of the covenant of the Lord, it shall not come to mind, nor shall they remember it, nor shall they visit it nor shall it be made any more. Jeremiah 3 verse 16. Well, again, we are introduced to the statement, in those days, that statement or that phrase is a reference to the millennial kingdom. All the way through the, the book of Jeremiah, we will find these rays of light, and we will have these glorious prophecies of the future. What is that prophecy? It shall come to pass when you are multiplied and increased in the land, that they will say no more, the ark of the covenant of the Lord, it shall not come to mind, nor shall they remember it, nor shall they visit it, nor shall it be made any more. At that time, Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered to it, to the name of the Lord to Jerusalem no more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts in those days the house of judah shall walk with the house of israel and they shall come together out of the land of the north to the land that i have given as an inheritance to your fathers jeremiah 3 verse 17 to verse 18 again this is a glorious uh, prophecy it gives us the picture of the millennial kingdom, and it is like a little gem here. But I said, How can I put you among the children, and give you a pleasant land, a beautiful heritage of the hosts of nations? And I said, You shall call me my father, and not turn away from me. Jeremiah 3 verse 19 You shall call me my father. Now, today, no individual Israelite ever called God his father. He was a father to the nation of Israel, and he said, Israel is my son. We find that in Exodus chapter 4 verse 22. But he never called David his son. He said of David, David my servant. Psalm 89 verse 3. He never called Moses his son. He called Moses "Moses, my servant. Joshua 1. Verse 2. So it is only in this day of grace that we are called the sons of God. How privileged we are today. And of course, when you read John chapter 1 verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Those who do no more and do no less than simply trust his name become the sons of God. Is he your savior from sin, my friend? If he is, you are not only a saved sinner. You are a son of God. You are the son of royalty. You belong to the palace. How wonderful it is. Retain you backsliding children. I will heal your backslidings. Indeed, we do come to you. For you are the Lord our God. Jeremiah 3. Verse 22. Well, the Lord here says that He will heal. And I can tell you that you have a little sore in every prominent place if you do a lot of backsliding. You have a sore. And God says, I will heal you of that sore if you come to me. What a promise! Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. That is the promise of the Lord. Truly in vain is salvation hoped for, from the hills and from the multitudes of mountains. Truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. Jeremiah 3 verse 23. You will remember that in Psalm 121, David says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That is Psalm 121, verse 1 and verse 2. Now, help does not come from those high places on the hills. Actually, help comes from the Lord. So salvation comes from the Lord. We lie down in our shame, and our reproach covers us, for we have sinned against the Lord our God. We and our fathers, from our youth even to this day, and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. Jeremiah 3 verse 25 Judah did not confess their sins, unfortunately. Here Jeremiah confessed their sins for them and for himself also. Judah was not humble before God, and God had to send them into captivity. Well, Today we hear so much about special gifts, spiritual gifts, and about God's blessings in special ways. That is wonderful, my friend. We should thank God because he has blessed us in every way. But have you ever had a confession that we come short of the glory of God? Have you gone to him yourself and you told him how far you fall from his glory? We need to be more humble before him today. It's easy to talk about his blessings. Very good. But we need to confess our sin. When was the last time you confessed your sin, my friend? You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. info at twrafrica.org